0: Today's settlement of $787,500,000 represents vindication and accountability. Lies have consequences.
1: Do they? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. In this case, maybe. I got the feeling there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared because I fall off my chair.
2: And i wonder how I'll get down the stairs
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yep From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA Also in California in Red Bluff and Reading on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, and Seattle on KODX, Jamesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdon Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today uh, on what is has suddenly become a very different show ...than the one that I had originally thought we would be having today.
3: (laughs) That keeps happening.
1: Doesn't it, though? Hi, Desi Doyne. Hi. Uh, Coming up, uh, some insight, uh, coming up still, despite the breaking news here, uh, some insight, some rather appalling insight in truth, uh, with a guest on a disturbingly below-the-radar racist attack by Donald Trump against Special Counsel Jack Smith... And we will see if time allows. Desi Doyen will be here with our latest Green News report. I hope time allows. We'll see. But we begin here today uh, as this news just broke within the hour or so before airtime today. So I am scrambling still to make sense of it. But here we go. Fox Corp, including Fox News. And Dominion Voting Systems have reached a settlement on Tuesday in the voting machine company's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit, averting a trial at the very last second, abruptly ending a long-running dispute over misinformation— nice way to put it, Uh, New York Times—misinformation in the 2020 election, just as the highly anticipated trial— was about to begin in a case that exposed how the top-rated so-called news network chased viewers by promoting lies about the 2020 presidential election. Now, this news, as I say, is still breaking as we go to air, so forgive me as I sort of stitch together various pieces of reporting here, uh, somewhat on the fly, but the judge in the defamation case said on Tuesday, suddenly, that the case was resolved. It was a last-minute end to a case that began two years ago and after the disclosure of hundreds of thousands of pages of documents that peeled back the curtain on a media company that has long resisted outside scrutiny. Dominion had asked for $1.6 billion in arguing that Fox had damaged its reputation by helping peddle conspiracy theories about its voting equipment. The settlement was announced by the judge in the case, who allowed the case to go to trial while emphasizing that it was, quote, crystal clear. And he wrote the word crystal in all caps in this uh, particular ruling, crystal clear that none of the allegations about Dominion that were aired on Fox by allies of former President Donald Trump were true. None of them. Records released as part of the lawsuit showed how Fox hosts and executives did not even believe the claims by Trump's allies, but they aired them anyway in part to win back viewers who were fleeing the network at the time after Fox had correctly called hotly contested Arizona for Democrat Joe Biden on election night. Of course, Donald Trump supporters can't have... You know, truth and accuracy in their uh, in their news reporting. <laughs> so they ran to another station yes, that would uh, lie to them, and that freaked out Fox News, according to Dominion's lawyers. Fox has now agreed to pay seven hundred and eighty-seven million uh, and five hundred thousand dollars for the defamation and fraud that they perpetrated against the companies. So
3: basically, roughly half of what they were originally asking for.
1: Uh, about uh, more than three quarters of a billion dollars, but yeah, uh, roughly less half than little, of right. 1.6. Exactly, it is one of I- apparently one of the largest payouts ever made to settle a defamation case. Dominion had originally sought 1.6 billion. Fox Corp said in a statement that quote We acknowledge the court's rulings finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. Basically, the court had found all their claims about Dominion to be false. Fox added, quote, We are are hopeful that our decision to resolve that this dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. No, actually, Fox, you hope it allows you to move forward from (laughs) these issues. Exactly. And we will see if it does because there is much more ahead for Fox. Uh, We'll get there in a moment. The agreement was reached a few hours after a jury in Wilmington, Delaware, had been selected and seated just as opening statements were about to begin. Lawyers for both sides uh, had reportedly been preparing to make their opening cases to the jury. Their microphones were clipped to their jacket lapels. That's how close this trial was to beginning when it was suddenly called off. The sudden settlement means no high-profile Fox figures, including those who had privately expressed concerns about the veracity of the claims being made on its shows, uh, noteworthy that they only expressed that uh, veracity, uh, concerns about the veracity of the claims privately. On air, they were saying one thing to each other, behind the scenes, via text messages, via emails that were uh, uh, produced during the... Uh, 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 the discovery portion of this uh, case, we found out that they didn't even believe anything that they were allowing to go out on their airwaves. In any event, that means that none of those high-profile Fox uh, folks will have to testify. The expected witness list had included Fox executives, including Rupert Murdoch, the chair of Fox Corp., and, as we learned, the executive director of Fox News, something that had been withheld from both Dominion and the judge who asked several times which did not make the judge happy last week when he sanctioned Fox for some of this, also hosts Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Maria Bartiromo were all expected to take the stand. During a deposition, for example, uh, Fox Corp chair Rupert Murdoch, who founded the news network, testified that he believed the 2020 election was fair and that it had not, in fact, been stolen from the former president. Dominion argued in their court papers that Fox knew the truth Quote, it knew the allegations against Dominion were, quote, outlandish and, quote, crazy and, quote, ludicrous and, quote, nuts, citing uh, some of the internal uh, communications between those Fox hosts. Yet it used the power and influence of its platform to promote that false story. In a March 31 ruling, the uh, Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis pointedly called out the news organization for airing falsehoods while noting how the bogus election claims persist two and a half years after Trump lost his bid for reelection. Quote, the statements at issue were dramatically different than the truth, Judge Davis said in his summary judgment ruling. Quote, in fact, it is noteworthy that some Americans still believe the election was rigged. I'd say many Americans believe that, in fact. Millions of them believe it. And even with this settlement, unless Fox has agreed to really promote on the channel itself just how much they lied to the American people about all of this. Well, I'm afraid that millions of Americans will continue to believe the election was stolen from Trump, despite any, despite any evidence whatsoever to support that false charge. There is zero evidence, none. And so far, what we can tell, as I said, this news is just breaking within the past hour or so. So far, from what we can tell, I, it is, I'll, I'll just say it's unclear whether Fox is going to have to make some sort of an on air uh, apology or explanation to its viewers. It was the uh, latest extraordinary twist in a case, uh, notes the Times, that had promised to be one of the most consequential against a media organization in a generation. The trial had been expected to be a major test of the First Amendment, raising questions about whether defamation law adequately protects victims of misinformation campaign's victims, in this case, like Dominion. In its defense, Fox said that it was obligated to report on the most newsworthy of stories, which is a president claiming that he had been cheated out of a re-election. But the judge in this case, in his summary judgment, had already determined that Fox knew better, that they knew that the claims were not actually newsworthy because they were false. And in fact, the judge determined they would not have been able to make that so-called newsworthy argument at, uh, at trial had it moved forward. I suspect that's one of the many reasons that Fox News wanted to get the hell out of this case any way they possibly could.
3: Well, I would also add that the fact that Fox News just spent three quarters of a billion dollars to prevent Rupert Murdoch and Tucker Carlson, all of the rest of them, from testifying, it really does make me wonder uh, what they were so afraid of if those guys took the
1: stand. Dominion sued Fox in early 2021, arguing its reputation was badly damaged when Fox repeated uh, repeatedly aired falsehoods about its voting machines. Fox denied wrongdoing, saying it had merely reported on those newsworthy allegations coming from Trump and his lawyers and that it was protected by the First Amendment in doing so. But Judge Davis had ruled that statements that Fox had aired about Dominion were in fact false and functionally limited some of its potential defenses most of them, in fact, by deciding that its lawyers could not argue that it broadcast false information on the basis that the allegations were newsworthy. At trial, a jury would have been tasked with answering the question of whether Fox had acted with, quote, actual malice. That was the only thing that the judge did not already find in favor of dominion on. Actual malice. That's the legal standard, meaning that Fox, it would have had to prove that Fox knowingly broadcast lies or had recklessly disregarded obvious evidence that the statements were untrue. And apparently Fox felt that they were probably going to lose that case. I can only assume if they were willing to pay out three quarters of a billion dollars uh, in 1964, the uh, case involving The New York Times, New York Times v. Sullivan. In that case, the U.S. Supreme Court had limited the ability of public figures to sue for defamation. It ruled that plaintiffs needed to prove that news outlets had published or aired false material with actual malice.
3: Yeah, to be clear, that's different from the common usage of the word malice. Actual malice is an actual legal term in this case.
1: Knowing that it was false or acting with reckless disregard for whether it was false or true or not. So that has provided news organizations with a lot of protection against libel judgments over the years. Yet the nearly six decade legal standard has recently come under attack by some right wingers, including Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who have argued for making it easier to win a libel case. In response, I would say, yeah, be careful what you wish for, boys. The case law that you're hoping to dismantle also happens to protect you from being held accountable for libel and defamation as well. And uh, you both of you do quite a bit of that. Two Republican nominated Supreme Court justices, the wildly corrupt and right wing Clarence Thomas and the uh, perhaps even farther right wing Neil Gorsuch, have both expressed interest in revisiting the protection afforded to the uh, to the media in that case. Dominion's attorneys argued that Fox made a deliberate decision to repeat repeatedly air the false claims to appeal to viewers. They allowed guests to falsely claim that the company had rigged the election and flipped large numbers of votes to Biden through a secret algorithm. Uh, that it was owned by a company founded in Venezuela to rig elections for Hugo Chavez, and I'll go ahead and take credit for that false (laughs) storyline as it's based on my accurate reporting.
3: A bastardized version Mm. of your accurate reporting.
1: From 2008 to 2010 at bradblog.com, it was cited by Sidney Powell in the days following the November 2020 election, and yes, bastardized. Uh, And also that uh, somehow... Dominion had bribed government officials, which appears to have been made up out of whole cloth by Sidney Powell. Dominion Voting Systems still, however, has several pending lawsuits against right-wing networks Newsmax and OAN. So those are still in the bin, as well as uh, suits against Donald Trump allies Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell, totaling more than a billion dollars in those uh, in those suits. All of those parties, of course, uh, deny wrongdoing. They're fighting the lawsuits. But Dominion's attorneys outside the courthouse on Tuesday, just after the settlement was announced, seemed pleased with the settlement and suggested there would be more to come. Today's settlement of
2: $787,500,000 represents vindication and accountability. Lies have consequences. The truth does not know, red or blue. Uh, as I was preparing today to give the opening that we never got to, I never got to give, uh, I was reminded of the hell that the Dominion employees went through and continue to go through to this day. Money is accountability. And we got that today from Fox. But we're not done yet. We've got some other people who have some accountability coming towards them.
1: Obviously, references to those other cases still ahead, but to say money is accountability does suggest that they didn't get anything else like an apology on air or anything else from Fox. We will see. John Paulos, the CEO of Dominion, uh, following the announcement of the $787 million uh, settlement in the Fox News-Dominion case, said that Fox News admitted to telling lies about the company, at least in the lawsuit. Fox and Dominion have reached an an historic settlement. Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion that caused enormous damage to my company, our employees, and the customers that we serve. Nothing can ever make up for that. Throughout this process, we have sought accountability and believe the evidence brought to light through this case underscores the consequences of spreading lies he added uh, quote i cannot thank the election officials that we serve enough without them there is no democracy so uh, you know i have long uh, decried fox news as not only biased if they were only biased you know that wouldn't be that much of a problem the problem is Uh, They are, in fact, one of the most dangerous institutions in the nation and arguably in the world, given their similar lies about things like climate change and damn near everything else. They are dangerous because of the way that they have literally mastered brainwashing, brain poisoning Americans. And as troubling as that is, it should also be noted that their brain poisoning does not just affect the electorate voters and elected officials, but even our military, our military institutions, which also that needs to end. Last month, progressive veteran organization VoteVets launched a campaign to remove Fox News and their dangerous propaganda from Military installations where apparently, reportedly, Fox News is always playing. Yes, yes it is. Common At common television stations. There. I
3: can confirm of the number of military installations that I have visited, I have seen Fox News on all of the TVs. And only Fox News on the TVs in those installations.
1: From uh, their press release uh, at the time that Vote Vets launched this campaign, uh, they write The largest progressive group of veterans in America, representing over one and a half million veterans, military families, and their civilian supporters, is running an ad calling for the removal of Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram from TVs on military installations. And they're doing so even during those shows, targeting those TVs in a total of 85 spots that the group purchased when launching the campaign last month. Here's the full extended version of the VoteVets ad that ran during Fox shows uh, and others last month, as seen on uh, cable and satellite systems, including at Langley Air Force uh, Base, Fort Eustis, Norfolk Naval Station in Virginia, Schofield Barracks, Joint Base Pearl Harbor-Hickam in Hawaii, Fort Bragg in North Carolina, Fort Hood in Texas, Hunter Army Airfield in Fort Benning in Georgia, Fort Campbell in Kentucky, Paris Island in South Carolina, Joint Base Lewis-McChord in Washington.
2: The most valuable weapon to the enemy is disinformation. That's why the Pentagon spends hundreds of millions training our troops to resist it. Yet at the same time, the U.S. military uses taxpayer-funded facilities to broadcast disinformation on military bases, knowingly letting false propaganda infiltrate the ranks. Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity have open access to spread their conspiracy theories to U.S. troops. And now we know they knew they were lies just to boost their ratings. The outcome of our presidential election was seized from the hands of
3: voters. Disturbing irregularities have been found. Every American should be angry.
2: You should be outraged.
3: But behind the scenes, it was a different story. Carlson, Trump is a demonic force. He can easily destroy us. Hannity, Giuliani is acting like an insane person. Ingram, such an idiot. Bayer, there is no evidence of fraud. Rupert Murdoch, Carlson, Hannity, and Ingram should independently or together say something like, The election is over and Biden won. But they didn't. Just to boost their ratings.
2: It's information warfare that divides the troops, hurts unit cohesion, weakens our readiness, and threatens our national security. And the lies how violent extremist groups recruit service members and veterans to turn on their oaths. A stunning, one in seven of the hundreds charged for their actions at the violent capital insurrection had military backgrounds. The armed services have a duty to maintain good order and discipline. There's no excuse for allowing anti-American, anti-democracy, anti-military disinformation in the barracks, in the chow hall, or anywhere our troops serve. The Pentagon needs to ban Carlson ingram and hannity from all military facilities at home and abroad right now
1: that was the uh, ad from votevets.org that was aired last month on a whole bunch of uh, fox stations at military bases around the country Uh, Major General Paul D. Eaton said, quote, as someone who trained our troops at Fort Benning, I can confidently say that lies like the ones knowingly peddled by these particular Fox hosts have a corrosive effect. This disinformation aimed at undermining our Constitution and democratic systems undermines the oath, divides our ranks, hurts cohesion and readiness and makes us less Safe. While we can't and shouldn't control what our men and women in uniform watch in their own time, there is no excuse for military facilities to help spread the anti-democratic, anti-American message of those Fox hosts. And, well, especially now, now that Fox has admitted to at least some of their lies and has paid more than three quarters of a billion dollars to make them go away as quickly as possible. As possible. More, no doubt, in the days ahead on that and related matters. But in additional court news today regarding Donald Trump related corruption, crime, accountability, and lies, well, his lawsuit uh, that he's facing by columnist E. Jean Carroll, a case where she accuses him of rape and defamation. That is set to move ahead about a week from today in New York City in a court that I believe may be adjacent to the one where Trump was indicted on 34 criminal felony charges about a week or so ago in New York. Now, Trump has been trying to get that case uh, that trial delayed but apparently the Trump the uh, judge there has had it i was going to go into some detail but i can't because of everything else but apparently he's had it with the with the delays he's refusing to do so trump is arguing hey i can't get a fair trial since i was just indicted next door A week or two ago, the judge is saying uh, he ain't buying it. And this case is going to move forward unless, like Fox, Donald Trump is smart enough to figure out how to settle that case as well before it actually begins in about a week's time. Uh, That, in fact, is Trump's history. We'll see if he is able to do that and if E. Jean Carroll would be willing to settle for any amount of money at this time.
3: I hope not. I would like to see some transparency and accountability there, too.
1: And speaking of some uh, upcoming indictments, and this is one of the reasons why uh, the judge did not want to delay the E. Jean Carroll case, he said, yeah, dude, you could be uh, indicted again in a few <laughs> weeks and then again in a few months after that. So if we held up the trial for your indictments, it would be you know next year before we got rolling. So you know, my mother and I, we have a sort of a running joke. When we talk about Special Counsel Jack Smith... The fact that there are still no pictures of the guy, (laughs) uh, other than that one at The Hague in his purple robe and another one from what looks like the 1990s when he was about 12, we always sort of refer to Jack Smith in quotes as if he he must not actually exist. Oh, Jack Smith. Clearly, it must be an alias or something. Or why are there no pictures of the guy at this point anywhere at all? I mean, does he live and work in a bunker that he never leaves? Doesn't he ever go to work? Doesn't he ever come out for air? How can there be no photographs of this guy still at this point? Anyway, that's all very funny and in good enough spirits that, you know, we joke about him and whatever is going on with him. But then there is this other thing. This thing that Donald Trump does when referring to Jack Smith that sadly, pathetically, is not quite as funny at all. In fact, it's appalling. The facts behind the racial slurs that Trump is using against special counsel Jack Smith. That is next on the broadcast with author David Margolik. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the broadcast.
3: What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks.
1: You tell me that you
2: will I know you really won't Tell me that you do Well, I know you really don't Come around Trash behind my back If you think I'm going to take it Then you don't know, Jack
1: <laughs> Welcome back. It's the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com So it, it first seems to have uh, begun on Trump's social media site that he calls Truth Social. Last November, just after he declared his candidacy for the 2024 election, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland named Jack Smith as the special counsel who would oversee both of the Department of Justice's major criminal investigations of Donald Trump, one into his January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol and other matters related to his multiple failed attempts to steal the 2020 election and the probe of Trump's theft of thousands of pages of documents from the White House, many of them highly classified, upon leaving office. In a truth social media posting, then on November 27, 2022, this is about a week after Jack Smith had been tapped to lead both of those probes. Trump published one of his first attacks on the appointment of the special counsel, which began this way. Quote, Jack Smith. Nice, soft name, isn't it? He asked parenthetically. Uh, Jack Smith is a political hitman, he said, who is totally compromised, shouldn't be allowed anywhere near our already weaponized and corrupt Justice Department and FBI, etc., etc. There was more, of course, in his screed about the, quote, radical left monsters at both the DOJ and FBI, but it was that odd parenthetical, Jack Smith, nice, soft name, isn't it? That's what initially caught my eye back then, even as I didn't know what to make of it. Then on April 3, this month, uh, April 3, 2023, the day before he was to be indicted on 34 criminal felonies in New York state by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Well, Trump did it again in yet another truth social posting quote. Speaking of leaks, Trump typed special prosecutor Jack Smith. What did his name used to be, he added, once again, in parentheses, leaked massive amounts of information to the Washington Compost. Get it? Compost. Both communist and something you throw away, I guess. But again, it was that odd parenthetical. What did he mean by what did his name used to be? Did Jack Smith have a secret past identity that only Trump seemed to know about? And then the next day, the next night, actually, the night after he had surrendered to the New York District Attorney and was arraigned in New York City uh, for those thirty-four felonies, well, he did it again. This time, as he unleashed his rant to his supporters at Mar-a-Lago in Florida that night, it was David Margulick note who noted at the uh, that week at the Nation. Uh, He said mostly the same old stuff delivered off a teleprompter with his usual listless monotone as if by now his shtick bores even him. But Margulik noted one seemingly offhanded comment passed largely unnoticed and the few who picked up picked up on it largely laughed it off. This
0: lunatic special prosecutor named Jack Smith. I wonder what it was prior to a change. (laughs) Who others of his ilk say. He's even worse than they are.
1: Others of his ilk. And what does that mean exactly? Margulick writes after uttering, I wonder what it was prior to a change that night at Mar-a-Lago. Trump, as you could hear, then paused for a moment as if to let the cognoscenti savor his little aside about I wonder what it was prior to a change and a smattering of knowing, sinister laughter sort of rippled across the room. At least a few people seemed to catch his drift. But the mainstream media still did not. And frankly, I I must admit, neither did I when I saw that live either. But it did catch my notice yet again. What was he suggesting? Jonathan Lemire asked on MSNBC's Morning Joe the next day. Was it that Jack Smith was using an alias, he asked, with wonder? In fact, Trump's been throwing out the same question about Smith for months. Steve Bannon, Rachel Maddow's producer and blogger, uh, had written in late February why he keeps burning. Bringing this up is something of a mystery. But as Marglick explained at The Nation, a little bit of history, both America's and Trump's, makes things considerably less mysterious. Any Jew of a certain age recognizes Trump's trope as a classic anti-Semitic slur, one that dates back to Henry Ford. And probably before. And I must confess that I must fall just below that certain age because it hadn't actually rung any bells for me either, despite, as far as I know, being Jewish all of my life until Margulik explained it. Don't you know, he quipped at the nation, yet another way we Jews pull fast ones on, quote, real Americans is by hiding behind anglicized names, plain or pretentious. The better to insinuate ourselves into American life with any other immigrant group, he notes name changes are viewed largely as a matter of convenience. If a Hungarian or Italian changes his name, it is no big deal. But let a Jew do it. And that is evidence of a plot. Here to explain that plot, at least Trump's plot in this case, to unleash an uncharacteristically subtle, if characteristically obnoxious and racist slur is David Margulick. He's the author of several books, including The Promise and the Dream, the untold story of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. He has written for The New York Times and Vanity Fair. He's currently working on books on The Great Sid Caesar and his seminal television variety program, Your Show of Shows, and Jonas Salk. Just for variety, I guess. His uh, latest piece for the nation is Donald Trump Sinks to a New Low by dog-whistling an old racist tune. Oh, David Margolick, welcome to the broadcast, sir. And thank you, thank you for finally explaining this uh, slightly annoying and now wildly obnoxious mystery to all of us.
0: Well, I thought that it needed to be explained because if even someone like you, Brad, didn't pick up on it, it just shows it just shows how ancient this yeah. trope is yeah. and and how largely forgotten it is mm-hmm. and how deeply embedded it is it is in the psyche of Donald Trump and i think that a you know subsequent generations need to need to uh, need to know Mm -hmm. what was going on with him and how hardwired this is with him that he can't resist doing it, even if no one's going to pick up on
1: it. Yeah, that's what's kind of amazing. Now, I I should say, I'm somewhat disappointed in myself that I hadn't really understood all of this until you sort of put the pieces together, but uh, to... Uh, in my defense, you know, in your piece, uh, you describe uh, Mel Brooks introducing a fellow Jewish comedian, Alan King, at an event that was thrown for Sid Caesar some years ago, and Brooks says... That was Erwin Nyberg, and I am Melvin Kaminsky. The only real one here is Sid Caesar. That's his name. So, you know, sort of Jews have sort of done away with this old trope by making jokes about it, uh, sort of taking away the, the, the racist sting from it over the years. Uh, other than that, I think I guess I'm just a bit too young to fully understand it.
0: Well, you know, I think that as I was writing the piece, I mm-hmm. thought... This is really something that makes America great, that we don't have to worry about this kind of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And people don't say these kinds of things anymore. And, you know, when you, go, when you go through the history of it, you have to dig back to the blacklist or the red scares, mm-hmm. you know, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. And then uh, you have to go back to Henry Ford yes. writing in the International Jew about this kind of thing and how Jews hid their roles in the, in the Russian Revolution. You have to go back a hundred years in some instances to find people talking about this. And then all of a sudden Trump starts bringing it up again. Yeah. And it was just, it was, and, you know, there, there are so many, he's, he's engaged in so many different kinds of anti Semitic slurs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many outrageous comments that it's hard to keep track of them, and it's hard to get terribly worked up about them, because (laughs) we're all inured to them by now. But I thought this was so curious. That it needed you know it needed to be described, yeah and uh, and so that's what I tried to do
1: because so many people really don't understand it, uh, e- even as you know people like me and and Ford, Henry Ford, so we are going back about a hundred years now you you write about him uh, writing in his Dearborn independent newspaper in Michigan, uh, quote to mollify a suspicion held against them wherever they have lived a suspicion so general and so persistent as to be explain- explainable only on the assumption that it was abundantly justified, the Jews have been quick to adopt the names and colors of whatever country they may be living in. That was right. Ford writing. Uh, in, yeah,
0: we're, we're, I, we're chameleons, and we take on whatever coloration the country offers yeah. us mm-hmm. for camouflage.
1: And, uh, you know, the irony of Trump, whose family name is actually Drumpf, or right. something uh, using other people's names as some sort of a slur, but is 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 this still a, an attack, a dog whistle that anybody under the age of Donald Trump actually understands? I, uh,
0: apparently not, because as I say, <laughs> I was watching Morning Joe the next morning, yeah. and there was Jonathan Lemire making a joke about it. And then the the legal commentator Chuck Rosenberg came on, Mm. um, and he's a very admirable guy and a Mm -hmm. very smart guy, and he sort of made a quip about it. And uh, really, it's sort of, it's become a joke. But with Trump, it's just very much a part of his psyche. Mm -hmm. And my theory is that it was probably the kind of thing that Fred Trump talked about all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just one more trick that the Jews play. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he just, He is a person, I tried to find the proper way to say this in my piece, he is a person who is incapable of growth. Mm. There is no way he can develop beyond the early prejudices and stereotypes that he inherited. He's impervious to any kind of moderating or educating influence. And so whatever was planted in him when he was eight years old stays Mm -hmm. with him. And there it is. And it kept coming out, and, and 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 no one seemed to notice it, or if they did, they thought it was just something to laugh about. And I just tried to suggest maybe because I'm, I think of myself. I've written a lot of historical stuff, and I'm kind of a student of history. That you know, the history of this thing should you know should be called out, mm-hmm. and people should know what's really going on with him. In case they think that he's incapable of new kinds of prejudices. He can always trot out some ancient one like this.
1: And this was a trope that was actually pervasive. It's probably good news that so few of us remember it or or even know about it now, but it was quite pervasive. You note, for example, in the 1920s, uh, in an attempt to slash Jewish enrollment, Harvard President A. Lawrence Lowell, uh, quote, decreed that all applicants must disclose whether their parents had changed their names.
0: Yeah, that's right. That would show them. I mean, they're trying to pull. A fast one again, and we're not going to fall for that and let's find out whether Robbins was Rabinowitz or not, and then, and then we'll then we'll know that we shouldn't let them in because we can't have too many Jews at Harvard.
1: And then move the clock forward 25 years later uh, in the 50s during the Red Scare after World War II. Uh, it came back up again uh, before the House Un-American Activities Committee. Tell me about uh, th- that ugly uh, usage of well, all of this. There
3: is,
0: yeah, this is uh, I quote the congressman from Mississippi, John Rankin, mm-hmm. who was a famous racist. Um, and Rankin was trying to discredit a letter from various Hollywood figures uh, who would criticize the House on american Activities Committee. And he said, well, you know, there, you know, there's Edward G. Robinson, and his real name is Goldenberg, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have the quote before me. But and then Melvin Douglas's real name was Hesselberg, and he just goes, Danny Kaye's real name was Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. And he just rattled off all of these names, you know, as if to say... That's all the evidence you need, folks. This is really where these guys are coming from. They're Jewish radicals, and all you need to know is that they changed their names and they're trying to hide something from you. And then he rested his case. I mean, I say in the piece that all you know, if you mention their birth names, that that's like a smoking gun, yeah. and it explained everything about their politics. They're, you know, they're they're alien radicals.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was pervasive enough that if you go back again, you know, whatever it was 30 years earlier, 40 years to Henry Ford, uh, you know, he was calling out people like Charlie Chaplin, insinuating his name must really be Kaplan, even though apparently Chaplin was not even Jewish. Uh, But it was well known enough that that was the dog whistle. People understood it at the time. So now the question is, it's, you know, pretty appalling, uh, and the question is, do folks understand it or not? Have the mainstream media at least finally picked up on what's going on here as far as you can tell?
0: Well, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't see any evidence of it. I mean, the piece ran in the nation, and maybe people picked up on it, but... You know, as far as I know, it's still just sitting out there. Um, I don't, you know, again, I think people's capacity for outrage is very limited with Trump at this point, Mm. you know. Yeah. And Trump's relationship with Jews, everybody says, well, it's very complicated. And Trump says, how can I be an anti-Semite? My grandchildren are Jewish. Right. And I don't think, you know, that doesn't doesn't prove anything. You know, it doesn't (laughs) prove what's in his gut or his soul. And he, you know, and he keeps bringing out, you know, he... He keeps accusing American Jews of dual loyalty, you know, mm-hmm. of, of being more patriotic and loyal to Israel than yep. to the United States. Yep. He makes these insinuations about Jews caring only about money. Mm-hmm. You talk about a, cl- a classic slur. That's just about the most classic of all, you know. And how you know the the Jews that he likes are the, the Jewish the Jews that he likes are accountants who wear yarmulkes. Mm. They seem to be the only Jews he approves of. You well,
1: know. And, and in case people have forgotten, the Trump campaign back in 2016 had promoted a photo of Hillary Clinton next to a Jewish star and a bunch of cash. So this is hardly new for Donald Trump, but uh, David Margulik, I would argue. Uh, this is still pervasive at least among the Republican party. I mean, is this sort of attack on Jack Smith whether people understand it or not is it really any different than the, you know, broad Republican party use of the name George Soros whenever they're referring to anyone that they want to attack, you know, the no, George I Soros No, I think I, I think
0: that's right and I I think the fact that the way in which they're spreading Soros's name around is really pernicious. And again, People are just not commenting on it and taking him on, calling him out for it. And it's become so acceptable Mm -hmm. that even somebody like Ron DeSantis, who's really still making a first impression on people, feel that they can trot it out with impunity. They can say it, and it won't make any difference, and no one will pick up on it. And I think it's really odious, and it's quite frightening, actually. I mean, a lot of this Trump stuff is ancient history. Yeah. But that's that's a contemporary manifestation of this, mm-hmm. and it's it's really disturbing that it that it's going on unmolested and uncontradicted. Nobody is objecting to it, and I think it's real. That's that's scary because his people are picking up on this, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that was intriguing to me about the speech at Mar-a-Lago, that he there was this as you said, and as I wrote in the piece. Mm-hmm. There was this pregnant pause after he said it, and you can hear this ripple of laughter in the room, and it was very clear to me that some people in that room were nodding their head and saying, yeah, we get it. We know what you're saying, Mm. Um, and, you know, I was, my editor at The Nation, a very conscientious guy, said, you know, you really have to call Jack Smith's office and ask him whether he's Jewish. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I very dutifully did, and I write about this. I do. I did it dutifully and with a fair measure of embarrassment. You know, it really is not the kind of question that I wanted to ask, and it shouldn't make any difference whatsoever. Right. But I did, knowing that they would come back with a no comment, which they did, and I was kind of relieved because that took care of the issue. It doesn't (laughs) matter whether he is or not.
1: So in the end, we don't even really know.
0: No, we don't. I don't know.
1: And I guess uh, to Donald Trump, maybe it doesn't even matter. Didn't matter to Henry Ford about Charlie Chaplin. So yeah, that's I, right. I guess that's if right. you can use any slur, it sort of seems uh, really of a piece, David, with, you know, calling uh, the black prosecutors like Alvin Bragg and Letitia James in New York and Fonnie Willis in Georgia, calling them racist is just... Something, something to try to use against them doesn't matter if it's accurate, doesn't matter if it's true, but it is really pernicious, especially since this is one that we thought was uh, put, to, put to bed about you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago.
0: Well, you know, as I wrote in the piece, he's a perfect time capsule of prejudice.
1: He is, indeed. And I guess uh, we still have to deal with it. Uh, and by the way, David uh, Margulik, if that is your real name, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you pleasure. for uh, calling this out and letting us helping us understand what the hell is going on here, because I think it does need to be called out. I think it is just that appalling. Uh, you can find uh, David's piece. I will link to it, of course, when we post uh, the broadcast at bradblog.com tonight, but it is at thenation.com. It is titled Donald Trump Sinks to a New Low by Dog Whistling an Old Racist Tune. Thanks, David Marglet. Really appreciate you joining Thank us here you, today. Thank you, Brad.
0: Thank you for keeping your original name.
1: <laughs> it's the least I could do. Thank you, sir.
0: Okay. Bye
1: bye. <laughs> Boy, I, just when you think. Trump can't sink to any more <laughs> uh, lows. True. Uh, he finds a way to do that so creepy. Uh, He's very effective at finding
3: new ways To uh, dig up old old, Awful racist tropes I yeah. mean, I think it is a testament As you guys both said I think it's a testament to the effectiveness Of having made racism and anti-Semitism Socially unacceptable mm-hmm. Over these last few decades yeah. You know, of course uh, Trump is trying to roll that back And a lot of right-wingers Are successfully uh, airing their racism Well, Samitism you know, there's a lot now, of fine but,
1: people on all sides
3: Yeah, so we still have to tend <laughs> it down, sad to say, but I'm, I'm, I am glad at least that some of them are not uh, coming into subsequent generations.
1: And you know, I was not sure about, uh, do I want to cover this at all? Do yeah. I want to open this particular box back up? But I think uh, in the end, I'm, I'm glad that he wrote the piece, and I'm glad yeah. we did talk about it, because
3: people need to know.
1: People need to know, and they need to know what that little dog whistle is, because I suspect we're going to hear it more and more from Trump as he moves forward. Donald Trump if that is his real name, which it isn't. <laughs> it's Drumpf. Anyway, all right, let's take a quick break, come back with something terribly cheery like <laughs> the Green News Report. That's straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Once again, repeating our top story today, Fox News has agreed to settle with Dominion Voting Systems in their defamation case against the fake news network. Uh, The propaganda outlet, Fox, has agreed to pay $787,500,000, more than three-quarters of a billion dollars, to make their uh, lies go away, if they can help it. Unclear still at this hour whether... Dominion has also uh, secured an agreement for Fox to admit their lies publicly to their own viewers. Viewers who they lie to all the time about absolutely everything, including environmental issues, which are killing us. Yep. Thanks in no small part to Fox and Rupert Murdoch. In any event, let's get to it our latest green news report.
2: For GM and Ford, certainly welcome news, as, as well as for Tesla and other domestic automakers.
3: Treasury Department unveils new rules for electric vehicle tax credits. Extreme weather weekend wreaks havoc around the world. Plus, Germany shuts down the last of its nuclear power plants.
1: All that explosive news and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news. Politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
0: The biggest problem we have in the whole world—it's not global
2: warming; it's nuclear warming. (laughs) What
1: is this batty old man talking about? Maybe the reason (laughs) nobody's talking about nuclear warming is because that's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. But things being not a thing are Donald Trump's thing. That's his thing. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I know we say it every year, but every day here is Earth Day at yes, the Green is. News Report. Nonetheless, the real Earth Day is actually coming up.
3: Yes, it's on Saturday, April 22nd. It's the one day when folks around the world celebrate the only planet able to sustain life in the entire known universe. You can check out Earth Day events in your local area or start at EarthDay.org. And as you said... Every day is Earth Day here at the Green News Report. It is indeed. So now, on to the news. It was a destructive, extreme weather weekend around the world. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the airport was shut down again on Monday due to new flooding from a new severe storm just a few days after a different storm dumped biblical, record-shattering rainfall that caused widespread flash floods, crippling the city. In that earlier storm, nearly 26 inches of rain fell in less than 24 hours. Overwhelming the city's storm drains and stranding thousands, underscoring once again that our 20th century infrastructure is not ready for 21st century climate impacts. The U.S. Northeast set new April heat records. Connecticut hit a record shattering 96 degrees over the weekend. Asia is now broiling in the worst April heat wave on record, with temperatures hitting 110 degrees Fahrenheit or more in more than a dozen countries across Southeast Asia and China. I'm
1: sorry, did you say 90 degrees in Connecticut in April?
3: 96. Okay. A new study warns that as the world gets warmer, droughts are coming on faster. Flash droughts, which arrive abruptly and devastate crops and livestock in a matter of weeks, are becoming more common and developing faster. Faster around the world due to human caused climate change. Flash drought conditions are so sudden and so arid that the dry air literally pulls moisture out of soil and plants. The researchers found that drought conditions are striking more quickly overall, especially in Southeast Asia, Africa, and the Amazon basin.
1: Well, I don't know. The former president told me. There is no problem with global warming. It's nuclear warming that we have to worry about.
3: Yes, he did say that. In other news, speaking of nuclear, but not warming, Germany shut down its last three nuclear power plants over the weekend, part of a long-planned transition to renewable energy that was accelerated by voters in a national referendum after the 2011 nuclear disaster in Japan.
1: That's great. Now Germany doesn't have to worry about nuclear
3: warming. Well, true, but critics decried the phase-out because Germany is shedding a major source of low-carbon electricity and Mm. increasing its use of polluting coal until new wind and solar projects are built. Mm. In a 2021 New York Times op-ed, climate scientists and policy experts warned that to curb man-made climate change, existing fossil fuel sources should be phased out first before existing nuclear plants to reduce climate warming emissions faster.
1: Yeah, well, tell it to all the anti-nuke activists who have been working on this for 30 years and you're raining on their parade.
3: Here in the U.S., the U.S. Treasury Department has issued an updated list of of cars eligible for $7,500 in new electric vehicle tax credits from the Landmark Inflation Reduction Act. Fewer models are eligible now due to provisions required by Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia to secure his vote. Okay. Those provisions require basically that EV cars and batteries be primarily sourced, produced, or assembled in North America in order to build a domestic manufacturing and supply chain and reduce reliance on China.
1: Which isn't a t- terrible thing, by the way, and a lot of the supply chain is, in fact, now moving to the U.S. because of that provision.
3: Exactly. Now, so far, only 10 models qualify for the full EV tax credit from makers like GM, Ford, and Tesla. Others are eligible for half. Several have been knocked off the list entirely. But officials say the list is likely to change as the industry and suppliers adjust to the new requirements. But, finally, some better news. CNBC reports that affordable electric vehicles are on the way over the next few years that will cost $25,000 or less, and that's without the tax credit, and it's about 40% less than a conventional new gasoline car.
1: Yeah, that would come out to about $18,000 for a brand new EV.
3: If it qualifies for the new list.
1: We'll see if we can get Joe Manchin's approval. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at GreenNews.BrandBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. There you go. Thank you very much, our producer, Desi Doyen. My yep. thanks as well to my guest today, the nation's David Margolik, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or just want to hear it again or share it with a friend or uh, an enemy, you can download it for <laughs> free anytime at bradblog.com. There is no paywall there. Thanks to those of you kind enough to help support our work by dropping off a donation of any amount you can afford via bradblog.com donate to help us stay on your public airwaves. think that's it drop me email if you like i don't know i'm still thinking about fox news and that the fact that they have 787 billion dollars to pay off for their lies and
3: and to get off pretty much scot-free beyond that
1: while we're begging for ten dollar donations for telling the truth that'll teach us anyway uh drop me email if you like i'm bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Mastodons, you will find me at the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.